So today we, for all intents and purposes, we wrap up Ecclesiastes. Uh, tomorrow we will do sort of an addendum. There is one little section here from the last chapter that I want to uh, draw some things from, but we're basically concluding today. One of the things that uh, frankly has kind of frustrated me this time as I've gone through Ecclesiastes, I've taught this book several times in my life, but one of the things that kind of has aggravated me more than usual is the fact that at the beginning and the end, it is translated, all is vanity. Or one translation even uses the word meaningless, all is meaningless. And for those of you who've been with us through this whole thing, I hope you see that's not really Solomon's intent. He doesn't believe life is meaningless. He believes that it is unpredictable. Uh, we can't figure things out. We can't determine uh, the future, even though things tend to work a certain way for a while, God will frustrate us and do things differently so that we depend on him. Uh, and it's uh, it's difficult and hard times come, but it's not meaningless. Uh, quite the opposite. There's great meaning. And today, as he wraps it up, we will see what meaning uh, Solomon found in life. Uh, so that's what we're going to look at today. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here. Good morning, Karen. Tuning in on your morning walk, I see. Excellent. Uh, Paul asked to pass his greetings. Say hello to him for me as well. Uh, it's great to uh, hear from you all again. Uh, good morning, Jenny. Uh, you, Oh, this is worth just popping up there for everybody to see. Good morning. It's going to be a great day. It's my birthday. Well, happy birthday. Uh, everybody sing happy birthday. Go ahead and just sing it right now to Jenny. And I'm sure somehow the airwaves will travel all the way to her and she will she will know that she is <laughs> cared for and, and being blessed. Uh, good morning, Sherry. Welcome. If you notice in the, uh, the, the chat there, I put a little poll. If you would uh, be so kind as to give me your preference there on what we study next, we will start a new series on uh, Monday. Uh, if you're new with us, my name is Doug. I'm the president of Cross to Crown Ministries and New Covenant School of Theology. And we started these daily Bible studies here a month or so ago. And the idea is just simply to, uh, to dig in, to be renewed in our minds, to fill our heads and our thoughts and our hearts with the Word of God uh, so we won't be conformed to this world. So we'll think biblically and act biblically and revel in the goodness of our Lord Jesus. So that's why we're here. Uh, glad you have uh, joined us. And uh, if you are new with us, then you should just know we, we have our own little, um, I want to say ritual, uh, that we do at the beginning of all of these. We remind ourselves that today is a good day. It's good for Jenny. It's her birthday. But it's good for all of us. Today is a good day. And to, uh, to just declare that out loud, uh, I like to take a scripture here and proclaim my part, and then you all follow in response. And then if you happen to have a cup of coffee, which I highly encourage, it just adds extra goodness to our day, then we will uh, sip together. So let's do our part. Hey, good morning, Curtis. K-Goo, glad you're here. Uh, lots of birthday wishes I see for, uh, for Jenny. All right, you ready? You got to say it loud. You got to say it like you mean it because it's real. Ready? Today is the day the Lord has made. Yes, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's sip our coffee together and taste and see that the Lord is good. Ah, he is so good. Well, like I said, we're wrapping up uh, Ecclesiastes uh, for, the, for the most part today. 
And uh, he's bringing us to a conclusion that you would expect on uh, from someone who has examined life and pondered every nook and cranny of this uh, of this existence of days. And uh, he's applied himself to try to figure out how life works. And uh, today he's going to bring that to a, a resolution. So let's uh, let's dig in and see what he what he has to say here. Whoa, I, I did it again. I've got to get used to my technology still. Okay. Ecclesiastes 12 begins this way. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Now let's stop there for a minute. Uh, remember your creator. So yesterday he exhorted us to live life to the full, to enjoy it, but also to remember uh, that there is a God who is watching. And, and he's saying something very similar here. Uh, remember your creator. But notice he said, in the, in the, before the evil days come. Remember your creator before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. He's talking about old age. He's talking about the end when if you live long enough, then the life, the, the energy, the gumption, the uh, mental and physical faculties that you once had just aren't uh, operating the way they once did. It's a reality. We can, we can do our part to be healthy, to keep our, our minds fresh. Uh, my wife has gone through different periods of like Sudoku and some other, uh, you know, brain exercises, uh, to try to keep her herself fresh. We, we know what that's, what that's like, and that's, that's a good thing to do. But at the end of the day, uh, it happens, right? Uh, the second law of thermodynamics, uh, it, it happens. Atrophy sets in. It's, it's part of the fall, part of the curse. And he calls it the, uh, the evil days. Did you see that? Before the evil days come, that's the word, evil, and the years draw near when you'll say, I have no delight in them. This reminds me a little bit of uh, Jesus. If you recall, when he was preparing to raise Lazarus from the dead, uh, there's the verse there in John 11, which if you grew up in Sunday school, you learned because whenever there was a quiz or a test on the shortest verse of the Bible, you wanted to have it. You wanted to know it. Jesus wept. Is, uh, is the verse. In fact, I bet some of you could probably list the uh, reference for me right now. If you, if you know the reference for Jesus wept, put it in the, in the chat here. Um, and it's easy to look at that, and, and it's kind of puzzling, right? Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. So why is he weeping? Well, the, the Greek that lies behind some of the wording there doesn't really indicate a, a sorrow in the same way that we weep when a loved one dies. The words that are communicated there are more like agitation, uh, troubled, almost angry. And what I think is going on there is Jesus is looking around and he's hearing all of these people weeping at the loss of their uh, brother, in the case of Mary and Martha. Um, they're, they're sad. They're, they're just distraught because this loved one has died. And, and, you know, the Jews put on a big, um, uh, mourning expression together. They were professional mourners that would sometimes come, 
uh, and depending on how much money you had, you would hire uh, multiple mourners. And, and Lazarus and Mary and Martha apparently were pretty wealthy, and there was a pretty big entourage of, of weepers there. And I think what Jesus is doing is he is just looking at the devastation that death brings, and it makes him mad. You know, he created this world, and he created it good over and over again in the description in Genesis 1 of the creation. It's good. It was good. It was good. He created humanity, and he said it was very good. But then as a result of sin, and it was his own judgment, uh, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And then he cursed the ground. He cursed the the labor and, and, and offspring, a childbirth, all of that. And, and he, he's a just God. He had to bring uh, consequences to the sin. But I think here in his humanities, he's observing how uh, people are, are just cut to their core with, with sorrow and sadness because of death. I think he's angry, probably angry at, at Satan for what he has done uh, to, to lead human beings into this, uh, this sad state. And, and he just is, he's troubled and he's agitated. Um, remember what Paul called death. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, he calls it the last enemy. Death is our enemy. It's the last one. Remember, he is he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And the, in Psalm 110, it says, Sit here at my right hand while I put all of your enemies under your feet. So that's what, that's what the Lord is doing right now. He is crushing his enemies, which is a very hopeful proposition that, uh, that the Lord is actively now destroying uh, those who oppose him. And the last enemy, Paul says, is death. So as Christians, we look at death as a doorway to heaven, and it is. And so it is, it, we grieve as those who have hope, as Paul says, but we also need to always remember it is an enemy. And Solomon here calls the, the days leading up to death and the end. It's the days of evil and the time when you'll say, I have no delight in these days. Uh, I can imagine, I'm not there yet, but I can imagine uh, what it's like to, uh, to approach those days when, uh, when everything hurts and when things are difficult and you think, I'm just, I'm ready to go because Life just is, is not very enjoyable anymore. Uh, if the Lord gives you enough time, you will experience some of those things. And he describes it in, uh, in some interesting terms here uh, as, we, as we continue on. So the days are coming when I will have no delight in them. Verse 2, before the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are darkened and clouds return after the rain. If you recall uh, yesterday, he said, light is good. Light is like honey. Light is sweet. And he's using that as a metaphor for life itself. Life is good. But the day is coming, he says, when the sun and the, and the light, the moon and the stars, they're darkened. It's, it's not so delightful. It's not so pleasant. Uh, it's hard and you kind of just endure the day. Uh, this in imagery of the clouds returning after the rain, you know, the clouds come, they dump their rain, you think, okay, the clouds are going to move on, and then it's going to be sunny again. Nope, not anymore, just more clouds. Uh, day after day, the, uh, the challenge of living in old age. Um, my, uh, my mother passed away in 2017, and my dad followed uh, a year and a 
so later in 2019, early 2019. Uh, I think, I can't remember if I've shared this uh, in the series or not, but I came along late in life. My mom was 42. My dad was 47. So they lived to be quite elderly. My mom was 89 when she died. And uh, my dad was 96. In fact, I was just recently thinking uh, if he were still alive, come May, he would be 100 years old. And they both lived, by God's grace, pretty healthy. Uh, the Lord was good to them and, uh, and very kind. But my mom had a stroke a year or so before she died. And it seemed like it was just series after series of uh, new illnesses, both immediately before that and after that. And uh, they'd get out of the hospital and then some new infection, some new trouble would come, and back in the hospital they'd go. And I was getting reports from my brother regularly, who who lived near them, thankfully, and could care for them. And you know, he'd call me, let me know what's going on, and uh, and they would uh, have a few good days, and they'd be alert and and seem to be really recovering. And think, oh, they might live, who knows, several years, and uh, and have a pretty good quality of life. And then you know, that would last a few days or a week or so, and then the next illness would come. Uh, after my mom's stroke, uh, and some of you have been here, um, you know, devastated her. Uh, the last time I got to see her in person, my son and I took a road trip and went to see her, and she didn't know who I was. And uh, as a son, that's that's pretty hard to hear your mom when you're trying to describe who you are and and her grandson, who, you know, she had known for 14 years at that point, and she's saying, uh, Gabe, uh, who's Gabe? It's your grandson. And she said, I don't think so. <laughs> my brother and I, <clears throat> my family, <clears throat> excuse me, we still laugh about that <clears throat> when people say, I don't think so, because uh, that was my mom uh, at that stage in her life. The mind just wasn't working because uh, uh, the difficulty had set in. Uh, she died, and my dad had been pretty strong with, with some, um, some certainly bouts of different infections and things. <clears throat> But um, then after she died, then things really t took a, a turn for him as well. And the, the clouds would come, dump the rain, and you'd think for some sunny days are coming, and then, nope, here comes more, more clouds. So then he begins to describe, <clears throat> In the day that the watchmen of the house tremble, uh, and the mighty men stoop, the watchmen, the, 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 the patriarch, you know, that was my dad, he took care of us, and he was the steady, stable um, force in our life. And it was interesting to watch him then as he got older and realized he was no longer able physically, mentally to be the protector of the family. And the mighty man stooped. If you recall, I think it was yesterday I talked about how <clears throat> I was walking along the path by our house and uh, I saw an elderly gentleman walking toward me uh, with a walker, and there was also another uh, elderly woman with a similar walker on this trail, and both of them were hunched over and um, having to steady themselves with that walker. And, you know, we're thankful for the technology that enables them to get around pretty well with those things, but you know that there was a time, not too long ago, that they were standing upright and had plenty of energy, but now they're, they're stooped over as is the case of many elderly people. Uh, those days are coming for us all, <clears throat> if the Lord gives us that much time. The grinding ones stand idle because they are few. That's the, that's the teeth. <laughs> that's the word for molars. Uh, they don't chew as much as they used to. Of course, in Solomon's day, they didn't have all of the orthodontics that we have, um, where you can get you know 
replacements, you can get dentures and false teeth, that kind of thing. Um, so without that technology, then it was likely that by the time you got old age, you wouldn't have most of your teeth and uh, you just wouldn't be able to, to chew as much and, and eat them. We know how that, uh, how that goes. Uh, and those who look through the windows grow dim. <laughs> they just don't see. Uh, it's harder to see. There's lots of squinting and uh, bifocals and trifocals and progressive lenses and thicker lenses. And um, just can't see as well as you get older. The, the eyesight wears down. And the doors on the street are shut at the sound, as the sound of the grinding mill is low. Uh, they just don't get out much. The doors are shut because uh, elderly people tend to like to stay indoors. Doesn't take it take much for it to be too cold or too hot, um, or it's just easier. Things hurt, body aches and pains. Um, that's just part of it, right? And the one and one will arise at the sound of the bird. Uh, elderly people tend to not sleep well and. It's funny because they don't hear very well, as he'll go on to say, uh, but it doesn't take much to rouse them. Noises, a little here and there, and, and once they're awake, they seem to be wide awake. And kind of think, and my family can attest to this, I think uh, I reached this level of old age way early on. Um, it seems like for most of my life, I just, you know, four or five hours of sleep, and that's, uh, that's all I get, and awake I go, and it doesn't take much to... Uh, to arouse me and awake me, and then I'm up. <laughs> so who knows what it's going to be like as uh, as life gets older. Lon says here, uh, the outer man is decaying. I find that a pretty good description, but the inner man is being renewed. I see that too. Yes, uh, our minds can continue and our spirits and our souls can continue to grow as we get older. And yet, and yet, um, uh, I don't know how old you are, Lon. Uh, my dad's mind was pretty sharp until the end. And again, I thank the Lord for that. He, he had such a great sense of humor and a great mind for the scriptures. And he retained most of that toward the, uh, till the end. But uh, the last mm, six months or a year, so, you know, he's 95. And when he was healthy and feeling good, his mind was still really sharp. Uh, but then he'd have days where he was ill and uh, in pain, and you could just tell that weighed on his mind. Isn't it a fascinating thing to ponder the relationship between the mind and the brain? Uh, I don't have time here today to, to dialogue too much about that, but I, I do find that fascinating. We, we know that our brain is the center of thinking and, and all of that, and it's a, it's a physical organ, but our mind or spirit or, or soul, they're, they're different. They're, they're not the brain. But there's a connection, fascinating to think about. And as the brain gets old, that affects the mind. But you're right. You're exactly right, Lon. As the scripture tells us, our inner man can be renewed and our conviction and strength and, and uh, intellect and, and will to please the Lord, all of those things can grow. He says, I used to like a song called This Old House when I was growing up. I didn't know that it meant old age until I grew up. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the old house starts wearing down and needs repairs. That's very much what Solomon is talking about here. Uh, so he says, One will arise at the sound of the bird, and all the daughters of song will sing softly. That's what he's saying. The, the hearing goes, 
and uh, the music doesn't quite get loud enough. And of course, in our day, we've got lots of aids. You can turn it up if you're listening to uh, music, and you can get hearing aids, and all those things are wonderful. We praise the Lord for that technology. We should praise the Lord for that technology. And our quality of life as we get older is certainly much better than it once was. Uh, nevertheless, uh, even with all the technology we have, it's like we can't overcome uh, the effects of sin. Furthermore, men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road. Uh, yep, they don't want to get uh, they don't want to get up on heights. They want to climb ladders. Sometimes they do, uh, and they and they shouldn't. Sometimes uh, you know, as men approach this old age, but are not quite all the way there yet. Uh, they think they can still get up on the ladders and still do the, the things that uh, that make their wives crazy with uh, with fear. But eventually, uh, with most of us, it will come a place when we think, nah, I'm just not going to get up on that ladder. Uh, my grandfather on my mom's side was one of those stubborn ones uh, at 90 years old. So, so as I came along late in life, you can imagine uh, I was uh, nine when he was 90. And... Uh, at 90 years old, I remember him being just as strong, it seemed to me as a nine-year-old at least, as strong as an ox. And I was amazed at all the things he could do. And then he uh, he was reaching up over his bed to change a light bulb, I think it was, and, and he fell over and broke his hip. And boy, did he deteriorate in a hurry. He did live for another three years, but uh, I remember it. some months passed after he went to the hospital with that broken hip. And... When we went to the to the uh, rehab facility to see him, and again, I don't remember how long it had been. You know, nine year old's brain. It seemed like it was a long, long time, but I don't know. But uh, when we got there to see him, I didn't recognize him. They wheeled this man up in a wheelchair, and he was so emaciated, so so thin. He'd lost so much weight, and his hair seemed like it went white in just a matter of whatever time that was. Maybe it was white before that. I just didn't notice. Uh, but I didn't recognize him at all. I didn't know that was my grandpa. And sure enough, uh, he shouldn't have he shouldn't have tried to to change that light bulb, and that was uh, that was the demise, and he was never the same, and he, he died a couple years later. Uh, Solomon says here he, he's afraid of the high place and the terrors on the road. Too many things can trip an old man as he's walking down the lane, and um, and he can fall over. The almond tree blossoms. That's the that's the white hair. Uh, it, uh, when an almond tree blossoms, it becomes pure white. The grasshopper drags himself along. This this one who used to be sprite and bouncy and jump and bounding and, and all of those things. Uh, you know, I'm I'm 51, and compared to a 99, 100-year-old man, I, I've got a, a great deal of energy. Not as much as a, a young man of 15 or 20 or 25, but I've got a lot of energy, can do a lot of things. But, so maybe I'm just a little bit slower grasshopper than I used to be. But you can see the imagery of down the road at some point, just dragging yourself along slowly to get from one place to another. <laughs> this sounds awful, doesn't it, for, for any of us who are not at that stage? Well, it's what he says, the days of evil are coming when uh, we have no delight in them. It's the effects of sin. The caperberry is ineffective. Uh, what can I say? That caperberry was basically um, Viagra in antiquity. Uh, so the uh, the desires of man for a woman are uh, gone, and there's no uh, there's no remedy to uh, to bring that desire back or have his body um, function the way it once did in in normal lovemaking to his wife. For man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the street. <clears throat> so the funeral has come, 
he has gone on and uh, now people are, are weeping and, and mourning. Remember him, remember God. Before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed, the pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Um, uh, all different ways of, of describing the end here. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. And this is why I said at the beginning, I get a little little frustrated now to think of these translators translating this vanity. Do you remember somebody telling me in the chat, what is the word, what is the Hebrew word that lies behind this word vanity? So somebody somebody remind me that you you know this. And while, uh, while you're doing that, I'll uh, bring up Keith's statement. It's not that bad. <laughs> well... I don't know which part of it you're talking about, but maybe, maybe you've got a couple of decades left and uh, it may get, <laughs> it may get worse. Cheer up, Keith, it may get worse. Um, or we'll see. But again, I, I just want to say we, we do want to thank the Lord that, uh, man, medical science has made aging much better than it used to be, but it's still coming for all of us who, uh, who gets. Uh, Curtis, yes, the mist or the vapor. Exactly. Uh, that's what the word that uh, is behind this vanity, that's what it means. Mist or vapor. Vapor of vapors, mist of mists, breath of breath. Any of those are kind of a, a literal translation. And do you see why that's more in line with what Solomon is getting, getting at? It's not vanity so much in the way we use the word at least. It's just, it's here and then it's gone. It's, it's a force. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fog. Uh, it, you remember the illustration I used way back of the, um, uh, the spray bottle, the mister? You know, you, you've got those bottles and you can turn the little nozzle and you can have a stream shoot out or you can turn it to the mister and it goes and, and there's, a, there's a burst of, of water droplets in the air and then it just all dissipates. I really think that's what Solomon is getting at. Life it seems like a, we have so much ahead of us, but when you get to the end and you look back, you realize it went by quickly and it just was there and then it's gone. And so much of life is that way. We think this is solid, this is sure, this is true. We're heading in this direction. This is bound to happen. And then it doesn't. And then God sends us on a curve or, or we're pretty sure that A plus B is going to equal C and it doesn't equal C. And remember, we've seen this over and over again. God does that on purpose so that we don't trust in our own abilities. We trust in him. And this is not supposed to drive us to despair. What has been the recurring theme over and over again in this book? Rejoice. Find joy in the earthy things. Repeatedly, he says, enjoy your food. Enjoy your drink. Enjoy making love to your spouse. Enjoy your work. Work hard. And whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. Not because you're absolutely certain of what's coming tomorrow. In fact, you're not certain of what comes tomorrow. And you don't know what the next season is going to be. Because you don't know that. Enjoy today. And enjoy what he's given you today. So it's not vanity. It's not meaningless. It's not futile in the way that we tend to think of futility. This is not a nihilistic view, uh, book. Rather, it is a realistic book. It is reality, and it's the path to true joy in the Lord. 
if you know that the, the substance, the reality where A plus B will equal C is coming in the next life. Well, as he, as he wraps it up here, we're going to skip these next few verses because we're going to use that as our postlude t- tomorrow. But the final verses, the conclusion then, he says here in verse 13 and 14, the conclusion when all has been heard is this. Fear God and keep his commandments. Don't fear man. Don't fear circumstances. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Why? Because this applies to every person. I think probably the Hebrew lends itself more here to this is the, the, the purpose for each person. Uh, so this is, this, is your, this is your calling as a man, as a woman. For God will bring every act to judgment. Everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. You realize even the New Testament says this. Uh, God is going to bring every action to judgment. Everything we do, he's keeping track of, and he will evaluate us at the end. Uh, now, on the that can, that can be scary. That can be intimidating. Uh, somebody knows everything. There is someone watching who knows every thought, every desire, and certainly every, every action. Uh, that can be intimidating. But as Christians, we know. This is the heart of the gospel. This is so wonderful. We know that judgment day is not going to be a day of punishment because Jesus already took our punishment. So as he evaluates us and renders consequences, we're not going to suffer his wrath. That is wonderful. But he is going to evaluate our actions and he will reward us based on our good actions. Not because in the final analysis uh, we merit anything. It's all by God's grace. But that's the way he set it up. That's what he said. He is going to bless and reward uh, the grace that he gives us and how we use it. So what that means is, instead of being desperate, what that means is, right now counts forever. What you do today counts forever. Your actions, your thoughts, your desires, what you do with your time counts forever. The Lord is evaluating Fear him. Keep his commandments. Build your reward in heaven. Serve him. Enjoy life. Do what he tells you to do. And life is so far from vain, it's actually full of purpose and meaning and joy when we do that. That is Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. That's his conclusion. Let's not think we can be wiser than him. Now, there are new covenant implications of this. Yes, the, the, the New Testament unpacks uh, things for us and, and, uh, and, and applies these things in greater detail, all in the light of Christ and his new covenant. Uh, so I, I don't want to dismiss any of that. But learn from wise King Solomon uh, to, to have eternity in mind and judgment day in mind that keeps us on the straight and narrow, that keeps us fearing God, keeps us from using... Um, this freedom to, to go sinful directions, like we saw yesterday. Follow your heart, follow your impulses, live life. But remember, everything will be judged. So don't use that, uh, that gumption to, uh, to sin, but also don't let the world discourage you and depress you. Don't let the enemy cause you to feel like life is purposeless. It is not. 
and simple mundane things like eating and drinking and spending time with your family and date night and, and all those things, they have significant meaning as well as all the other good things we do because of Christ. Uh, Keith says here, it depends on your faith. If it's strong, it's not that bad. It's a state of mind. God is good. Yeah, and that's exactly uh, what we are to learn from all that Solomon is saying here. Uh, It's going to come with pain. It's going to come with suffering. The time for mourning. Remember, we saw that in chapter 3. There's time for everything under the sun, and uh, God's going to bring harder times to our lives. But they have a purpose. Their purpose is to show us uh, we're not in the eternal rest yet, and we are certainly not in control of our circumstances, but God is good, and he will care for us. Any other thoughts? Any other reflections? Um, If you have general reflections on all of Ecclesiastes, uh, maybe come prepared to to tell us that tomorrow in the chat. But anything uh, that that you want to say here as we wrap up this morning and, and like I said, for all intents and purposes, kind of conclude this, uh, this series. And we can say goodbye. While I'm giving you time to do that, my wife's coming to say goodbye. Good morning. (laughs) Have a great day. You too. Enjoy it. Yes. And know that you're coming under judgment someday. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a great day. Uh, Yes. See, I always run this dilemma here of uh, I, I just can't uh, tell how long the delay is. And if you're writing and some of you are very thoughtful, and I think all of you are very thoughtful and you, you want to respond with some, uh, some good, thoughtful things. And then uh, I don't give you enough time and I turn it off. And um, then your, your comments come in later. Uh, thanks, Keith. Keith says good class this morning. All right, folks. Well, we're going to call it a day. And uh, tomorrow morning, we'll come back right at the same time and we will see uh, something that uh, applies to each of us in terms of how we can benefit others in learning from Solomon. So hope you'll join us tomorrow. Until then, uh, enjoy this day. Grace and peace to you.